the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. Have you ever heard of a better opening line than that? Nah, I think that's the best ever. Today we'll be talking about the gunslinger. So today we will be talking about um, the first in Stephen King's uh, Dark Tower saga, which most people consider his magnum opus or his Lord of the Rings, so to speak, uh, The Gunslinger. We'd like to welcome everybody to season one, episode three of our Watch, Read, and Play podcast. Absolutely. I am Mitch. and uh, I am Jamal. Definitely. And... Like he said, uh, the Dark Tower series is Stephen King's, it, that's his magnum opus. It's like the greatest thing that he actually, it's his university created. And by all accounts, I think so many of his other stories that are not even in that anthology kind of take place in the same universe, right? Yeah, they do. And what happens is you don't really realize that until uh, later on in the series. You know, it, it becomes, you know... Uh, glaringly apparent and uh i think it's book five which is uh wolves of the cala oh yeah that's when he brings so he brings in a character from uh, salem's lot yeah, um, yeah a guy named pear callahan yeah you know and that's when you uh to the best of my knowledge uh that's when you really realize oh hey you know uh, this is all kind of connected. <laughs> and then because of that, you end up going down the Stephen King rabbit hole, which we've gone down many times. Yeah. We might even have a whole episode one day talking about just the different things, the different connections, um, you know, for, but you know, between Dark Tower and other Stephen King novels. Right. You know what? I I think I may be in, in error to where, de- you know, Perry Callahan was definitely, you know, a character straight out of Salem's Lot. But mm-hmm. in the fourth book, which is in Glass, uh, they run across oh, Randall Ra- Flag. Randall Flag. That's right. The Stand from the Stand. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I read that book also, and and that's where it's all. It's man. It's kind of gratuitous, man. What, <laughs> just the, the fact that he threw Randall. Glass or, uh, oh, no, oh, the fact okay. that he threw Randall Flag in there, just because it, technically <laughs> we, there's we've no had con- this discussion. Yeah, there's no continuity there. It's like Stephen King. At some point, you feel like Stephen King's just screwing with you. Okay. <laughs> He's throwing characters in, and it's like, hold on, how how is that dude here? <laughs> <laughs> like this, this stand was a heck of a story, but I mean, for for that, it kind of makes sense because Randall Flagg, technically, right. I mean, no spoilers, but all right, I'm not gonna spoil this. All right, it's an old book. Rand, Randall Flagg technically wasn't just human; he was a spirit, so to speak. Um, he was almost like a demon, right? Which I guess for the Dark Tower series, it, this ain't spoiling nothing. You could technically say that in some way, the Man in Black. You know, he's pretty much a a demon, even though he has a physical form, right? Right. So this is probably our first uh, episode or or topic I think we delve into where we, you know, get into some pretty deep stuff, I would say. You know what I mean? You know, Jamal talked about a a rabbit hole. There's there's tons of them that we could get into here. And several we probably will step in and break (laughs) our ankles in them, you know? Uh, Before we go 
too deep, I should say. Uh, you know, we are uh, sipping on our usual highs and pepper today. Oh, that's right. I got something. All right. Now, what we we uh, uh, what we got going on today? All right. So I got kind of I got real uppity today, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So I was in Vermont working today, and I stopped in Middlebury, Vermont, and at a oh look at those cans. Yeah, yeah. Check this out. So it's a brewery. It's called uh, Drop In Brewery. Vermont. Yeah, drop-in brewing company. Never heard of it, right? And those cans are beautiful. I don't know if I want to drink them or hug yeah, them. The Heart of Lothian, a Scottish ale. Sounds like some Lord of the Rings. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, check this out. There you go. That's for you. All right, all right, all right. Ain't that pretty? Yeah, yeah. man. It feels like something that the Lady Galadriel would serve you. Yeah, man. So it says it's a, it's a Scottish ale. Uh, from Middlebury, Vermont, five point six percent alcohol. Ooh, yeah, man, this looks nice. I don't even know what a Scottish ale is exactly, but I want that. An ale brewed with Scottish golden promise. Don't say promise, does it? It does. Scottish Scottish golden promise barley malt, British crystal and chocolate malts, British oh. hops and yeast, and by a British brewer. Oh, that makes a difference, right? Because it's a British dude that brewed it. In Middlebury. In Middlebury. <laughs> All right, that makes me feel better. I thought you were saying it was literally some Scottish golden promise was an ingredient. So that's a specific kind of bar- barley malt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's better. <laughs> it's like, how is promise an ingredient? Yeah, I know. It's kind of like, hey, you can't break a Scottish promise, right? You know? Okay. Yeah, there you go. My bad ex, my bad impersonation Terrible, there. terrible Scottish impression. Terrible. Terrible, no. terrible, yeah. terrible, 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 right? It's base and terrible. Okay. All right. So back to the gunslinger here, right? You ain't going to crack that yet? Well, I still got a little bit in my glass from the oh, other one, man. man. Yeah. See, while we were sitting there prepping, I actually, we cracked open a beer. So he's he's still sitting there babysitting half a pint of something else. Okay. We'll take our time. All right. All right so here we go. We're going to talk about, so for the gunslinger, um, since that's the first book, um, it, it kind of holds a special place in our heart. We're both huge Dark Tower fans. Huge. Um, I think both of us have read the entire series, like seven books, like at least twice each. Yep. You know, uh-huh. And we've had endless discussions on it. So um, that first line that we actually referenced at the very beginning, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. If you read through the entire series of books, you'd even realize how dope that intro is even by the end of the seventh book, you know, like it, that intro is just dope. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. It's an amazing intro. Yeah. So, and, and the first book, so the gunslinger really is just as simple at the beginning. It literally is this man referred to as the man in black, um, fleeing and the gunslinger following him. And in some way, Um, all the gunslinger even knows at that moment is that he's chasing this man, right? That it's really just as simple. He's been chasing this man for a long time, uh, because he has a lot of history with this man and he has one goal in mind and and that's to reach this place called the dark tower. That is the central nexus point of our universe, right? And he feels that this man that he's following or knows as Walter 
um, can help them get there. Yep. You know, has vital information to, to help them get there. Yep. And so he's like, uh, it's a relentless pursuit to catch up to him. Yep. And, the, and this man is somewhat of a wizard. Right. He's a man who has certain powers, certain abilities. Mm-hmm. So the thing that makes the story good is that you, you get in this story, uh, you get a little bit of backstory to Roland. Uh, Roland is the gunslinger. His name is Roland DeShane. And, um, and obviously, I don't know if we're preaching to the choir or not. I'm pretty sure a lot of people aren't so familiar with this. Um, Roland is from a place called Gilead, right? Yep. And this the the story takes a little bit of our actual history on Earth and a little bit of mythology, and kind of blends it together. Right. 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 So, um, so in 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 what they will call Roland's win, right? His in, win. Yeah. His win. You know, <laughs> there's different sections of his world. You have like mid world uh, and end world. Um. I don't remember if there's a beginning or Well, you know. it's, it's it's almost like different dimensions, so to speak. It seems like it, you yeah. know. And and what's interesting that they do there is, you know, as you, as we get further into the series, you'll start to see that you know there's other worlds than these, as they say. Yeah. You know, but there's um, you know lots of little things that seem straight out of our world, uh, like uh, he comes across a place. Later on, we we meet a central character that we'll get to named Jake, and he meets him at a way station, which is like an old, like, Amico gas station kind of place. And what it actually seems like is it seems like something from our world that's in the future in a post-apocalyptic time. Exactly. Yeah, so, and the whole thing with the Dark Tower being the central nexus of our universe, the whole point there is that if you can imagine that you have all these different dimensions or points in time and space that are our world, but just different versions of our world, they're basically like hands on a clock or like numbers on a clock, while the dark tower is this point in the middle. And from that middle point, apparently, the theory is that you can access all these different worlds. And technically, there's some sort of cohesion there where the dark tower kind of is like this central binding post where if it fell, all these other universes or these different dimensions or versions of our reality would also collapse, and then there would be nothing but darkness. Right, right. right. So the tower itself is very important. And that, and, and what Jamal just went through, that, you know, you learn more about that as you go Later on, through. Yeah. yeah, you know. Um, and that's what's great also about this whole series is, uh, Stephen King does a great job of unfolding stuff because the gunslinger specifically is, you know, it's kind of more of an origin story. You don't get into like um, none of this deep stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's none not of that this deep, deep stuff. All, you yeah. know, and it's it's pretty straightforward. But what's what's great though is that a lot of the stuff, the tracks that are are laid in this story, you know, um, later on you realize how how vital and important they were. Yeah. So you see him go through traveling through this deserted sort of earth type place and and he meets a few different people along the way right. and also along the way you you kind of get some flashbacks you get told a few stories but he meets he meets um at one point i think he runs into like this random this uh we're, oh. gonna, we're gonna try not to spoil anything but he, he runs into this guy who's just in this place in the middle of the desert with a crow as a pet and a mm-hmm. 
Does he have a dog also or just uh, a crow? I think no, um he just has the crow. I think Roland had a donkey with him himself initially. Okay, yeah, yeah. Later yeah. on the, the the donkey dies or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, this but, guy gives him like some beans and corn or something like that, right? Yeah, some food. Absolutely. And he hangs out with him for a bit. But sorry, I guess we don't need to go through the entire story, but be, beyond that, you end up you learn about um a couple of adventures of his. And we're telling all this for a reason. I promise you, we're not just we're not just going through this aimlessly. Um, where the story's pretty cool is that there's a crazy um, there's a crazy action sequence that's built up from a visit that he has to this town called Tall. Yeah, right? Tall. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere during his journey chasing after the man in black, he comes across this town called Tall. Yeah, so when he gets to Tall, you know, and another thing that's great, like with this whole um, story or world or whatever, is you've got, you know, bits of like magic or supernatural stuff or whatever built in. So anyway, so when Roland gets to Tall, uh, the man in black, you know, has already been there and had interactions with a lot of the people. Uh, Two key people that he had an interaction with is there was a person named Nort, who they referred to as a, um, he ate what they called the grass weed, you know, which was some form of narcotic. It was or whatever. a drug, yeah. It was a drug, you know. And so um, Nort ends up, I don't know if he ODs on the grass weed or whatever, but the man in black um, kind of resurrects him. Mm-hmm. And he's like a shell of himself um, by the time Roland comes to town. Um, and that's where you kind of get an image of of what the man in black is capable of. Exactly, it's, it's that's the first time weird. you realize his that powers, he's yeah. his powers are weird. His powers are weird, and that's the first you know the first hint at um, you know uh, you know of like uh, I guess the level of his power or whatever in a way. Um, the uh, there's a there's a lady in the town, uh, Sylvia Pittman, I think her her name is, and she's like the priestess uh, of the yeah. town. Oh, Roland was hitting that. No, that was Alice. Oh, that was Alice. That was Alice. Okay. Roland wasn't hitting that. He was not. <laughs> the man in black was hitting that. And oh, okay. <laughs> according to the book, um, impregnated her with a demon. Mm. You know, and she actually was like this um, large, voluptuous lady um, who was like the uh, like a minister in town. And had like this flock of people, but was also carrying the man in black's um, demon spawn, mm-hmm. um, which I think um, <clears throat> uh, Roman prematurely ended. Uh, Roland prematurely, yeah, he did. A, we get into that. Okay. All yeah. right. So before that, I think I'm ready to crack this this beer. Oh, right on. Here we go. Oh man, look at that. Ooh, that's got a nice dark color to it, huh? It does. Must be all those Golden Promise hops. Or the Scottish Promise, or whatever it is. <laughs> I think it says something like Scottish Golden Promise. Oh, Scottish Golden Promise. Yeah, Scottish Golden Promise. Yeah. Oh, that smells great. Wow. That's different. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. It's very different. Yeah, very different. I'm so happy that's not gross. I'd have been so disappointed. No, 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 no. This isn't like the uh, Razorback 
L, Red L that we got. Oh, Arkansas. That yeah. was <sighs> yeah. That was disappointing. Very much so. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So Sylvia Pittman, you know, um, I think she sensed that the gunslinger was a threat to her, you know, as did a lot of people and stuff in the town. You know, so eventually um, Roland confronts her. It doesn't go well for her. Okay, all right. So what you're beating around the bush on is that, okay, okay, the end end of what happened with this dude in toll is that it it ended in a huge gunfight. And when I say huge gunfight, I mean rolling against the entire town. And we're talking men, women, children, unborn children. <laughs> well, what what happens is, you know, when, it was it was insane. What once Roland realizes that she's carrying something unholy per se, and she knows that, she sets the town against him. Yes. You know, and in defending himself, he basically has to take out the whole town. Yeah, and and, and it's literally it's, when he says sets, it, it was almost like a demonic possession. It's like it went from most people being cool and normal to people literally turning into crazy psychopaths trying to kill this man. Yeah, it was like a zombie kind of thing. It really you know? was. It was like a zombie attack, but just regular. People, people who are normal, like ten minutes prior, you know, it was insane. I mean, and and I'm not one that I'm not. I've never been excited seeing anything that involved like even kids getting killed or anything. But this was brutal, and in no way whatsoever did I. I you barely even wince when it happened because it just made sense. Yeah. As messed up as that sounds, it's terrible. But it was it was a heck of a bit of writing. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, it was. It really it was. was. It was masterfully. You know, written. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah. So anyway, so that was kind of an interlude in the story where he, in essence, everything that happens in Tall is really like a flashback. You know, yeah. um, and when he leaves Tall, there's no one alive in Tall. Yeah, literally yeah. the whole time. Literally. And so know? this is just a little bit of world building and character building. Right. You kind of see some of the things that he went through while he's actually been in pursuit of this man. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. at some point, while he's actually. What Mitch mentioned earlier was at a way station. He runs and he he runs across this way station, and there's this little boy who's lost, who somehow appears to have gotten transported from his world to that world. And his world was what we would actually consider to be our world. Like um, I think in this story they refer to it as uh, the Keystone Earth. Yes. There are many different right. Earths, and this is what we call Keystone Earth. Right which is the real Earth, apparently, or as the reader would know Earth. Right. Jake is from where? Is he from New York? Yeah, Jake's yeah. from New York. Jake's from New York. Yeah. So most, from New most York. of the central characters that enter his, Roland's life are yeah. going to be from New York, but at different times or winds, as they different refer winds, to him yeah. in the story. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so uh, Jake runs, uh, Roland meets Jake, whatever, in the way station, you know, and, um, you know, they form a bond, whatever, but... Um, you know, Jake comes to learn. Well, Roland comes to learn. Um, through after there's something happens in the story where he ends up one of the one of the many talents that Roland has is, um, you know, you know the name of the title is the Gunslinger. So Roland is you know when you think of Roland, uh, Stephen King intended him to be seen or envisioned as basically. The man with no name is uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, and that's immediately what comes to mind. So one of the th- tricks that he, one of the things that he could do is he could 
literally a dance a, a bullet from his uh, revolver around his knuckles and use that to hypnotize people. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right, so he hypnotizes right. Jake in the story and learns how um, uh, Jake came to be there. And Jake actually entered Roland's world by dying in uh, his current world. And when he came, you know, when he woke up after um, this tragic accident where he lost his life, he woke up in Roland's world. You know, and um, Jake comes to sense, you know, you know, as soon as one of the things you learn early on about Roland is the end all and be all about Roland is the Dark Tower. You know, no matter, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts, if he has to, you know, leave anybody by behind by the side of the road, his goal is to reach that tower. And one terrible thing is that his, his arch nemesis, the man in black, yes. even tells him as much. Yeah. That at the end of the day, you know, you... You have no love for anybody. You will sacrifice anybody in order to get to the tower. Right. And, and Jake starts to be leery of that, and, and is he's fearful that Roland will, you know, ultimately sacrifice him in, in pursuit of his quest, you know, which unfortunately happens. You know what I mean? Way to spoil, way, way to spoil a story. Good job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought that's what we were <laughs> spoil, doing. Spoil a 20-year-old story. Okay, definitely. because So that's one thing that actually made the book great, though, right? Because you took this person that you already, you, you can't help but assume that this is the good guy of the story, which he is. He's the protagonist, right? But at the, it, this happens at the pretty much at the end of the story. Um, in pursuit of the man in black, Roland is offered a choice. He basically has to suffer the boy. You know, and or lose the man in black. Man in black is he's getting away. Jake is literally hanging from a thread where Roller can grab him from falling to his death in a precarious situation. Uh. And the only way he could do that is he'd have to let the man in black escape. So Roland goes after man after the man in black, and Jake loses his life again. So the sad part there is that you take your protagonist and at the very end of the first story you write about this person, you, you know, you create this moral conundrum. Do you love him or do you hate him? Right. Heck of a position to actually put the reader. But even Jake told him as, you know, um, as the event happened that caused Jake to move on, the last thing he said to Roland was, you know, I think it was go then, there are other worlds than these. There are other worlds than these. Than these. So he, you know, I think he he kind of knew that he would he eventually, did. more than likely, meet Roland again. Yeah. For right. a kid, the kid was real smart. Yeah, absolutely. Jake is the man. Yeah. yeah he, he's one of the best characters in, in the books. Definitely. So that being said, um, that story is it's a pretty fantastic story. It's not that long. And I'd invite anybody interested in, I know we made the, the entire Dark Tower series sound incredibly complex, but that's because technically it is. If you take a step back and you just want to say, well, what's a brief synopsis of what these seven books are going to be about? Then that's kind of what we talked about earlier, all this whole interdimensional stuff and all that. It sounds like some sci-fi stuff, but if you actually read the books, it's not nearly as much. It's like a mixture of sci-fi and fantasy, but it's not really sci-fi. It's it's weird, man. It's yeah. hard to describe. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. 
but it's not so heavy when you go through it. It's seven books that we're trying to condense down into a conversation briefly, you know. If you're actually going through the books, it's not so heavy and complex like you can't follow it. It's pretty fantastic, a lot of the storytelling is. Some great characters. Yeah, and, you know, and obviously the... The, the journey is to get to the Dark Tower, and each of the subsequent books are about the people that enter and exit, exit Roland's life along that journey and that quest, you know, and, um, and they, they, each, they get better as we, as we continue to go along. Absolutely, they do. And it's great because this first book, when you read it and when it's done, you could you could almost feel like it could even be a, just a standalone thing. It's 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 by far the most unique out of the other books because they are directly carrying on kind of a you know a, a specific story. Some of them, you know, one book in particular has a, just a straight up crazy cliffhanger in it, which I won't get into <laughs> now. You know what I mean? You know, but yeah, but you're right. The original that first story it could have been all by itself and all it would by have itself. actually held up. So yeah. I remember I was thrilled when the next book came out, which is called The Drawing of the Three, you know what I mean? You know, which was amazing, you know. Best book in the series in my book. Absolutely. In my opinion. Fantastic. So I think uh, you know, probably at this time, you know, we're gonna get into our, our Legends and Badass segment, um, for the gunslinger. Yeah, this is gonna be easy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm your huckleberry. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. And I'm all out of bubblegum. So our best. <laughs> I still love that. <laughs> how, how can you not, right? You know? Um, so our, our badass from, um, from, from this, for this week, from this story, is actually uh, the man that trained Roland. Yeah, it's a part of the story that we didn't even, didn't even touch on yet. Yeah, so you know, the, you know, there's a part of the story where Roland kind of reflects on how his training on how he actually achieved the mantle of gunslinger. Because earlier on, you know, they go through an apprentice phase, um, and you've got to go through a serious kind of test of manhood to actually um, get what they call get. Um, Big irons, baby. Get, getting the big irons or whatever. You right, know? I, I'll get, let me give a brief explanation of. Um, so sure. his 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 home Gilead in this part of the story, as far as we know, Gilead doesn't exist anymore, right? But it's what's confusing about that is that Roland is old, but he's not that old. So it's like, well, when did it stop existing? It's it's very confusing. You don't get all those answers in the first book, but like Mitch said there's kind of these rites of passage that young men go through um, in in Roland's home where uh, in order to actually earn, like, the weapons of your father, you know, did Roland's guns come from his father? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah absolutely. So the gunslingers are technically an elite group of these men who are, they're good guys pretty much. Yes. You know, they're villains and they're good guys. They're these elite group of men who protect the realm, so to speak. And Roland's father's one of them. His friends, their fathers are one of them. Um, and going through their training and everything, there's there's a man that trains all the young boys to become men. Exactly. And that man's name is Court. Of course, bad dude. Yeah. His actual name is Cortland Andrus. Cortland Andrus. Cortland Andrus, you know. And Court was a beast. Yeah, he you was. know, he was the the definition, you know, of a badass or whatever. He was so tough that there 
not only did he train them all, but the way that they actually graduate, so to speak, is by besting them. Yeah, like, they'd have to best him in battle. Yeah, and then, he was that dude. Yeah, he was that dude. Exactly. You know, and it's, uh, you know, it, it was, it's, it's, it's something that well, when Roland challenges him, you know, they say he's one of the youngest people or whatever to do so. Mm-hmm. A quick description of court or whatever is I have, I actually have a the Dark Tower Concordance in front of me. And it says, Court was described as a bald squat man with bow legs, a bulging belly of solid muscle. <laughs> he was a violent carouser who frequented the brothels of Gilead's lower town. He also happened to be blind on one side. Yes, he was. He had one eye. Most likely the result of an ancient battle, brawling, or a teaching injury. Court called the apprentices maggots. Coming from him, this was an almost affectionate term. His job was to train young gunslingers, and he was excellent at it. So eventually, you know, uh, Roland challenges Court, you know, and, um, you know, uh, it's quite the battle. Well, he defeated him, but the only way he defeated him was by tricking him. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not like he, he didn't just go toe-to-toe and kick his ass. He he, he tricked him. Well, Court lets you choose a weapon to fight, yep. to you know, to bring in a battle against him. And Roland actually, you know. Chose a bird. He chose his hawk. <laughs> his he, chose, hawk. he chose his hawk, you know, and ultimately yep. sacrifices his hawk, <laughs> you know, uh, to be able to um, to beat Court. Yeah. You know, and so then once he does that, he actually um, he gets some irons, but not the big irons of his father, but like, a, you know, like in a. Kitty irons. Yeah, like a training revolvers for <laughs> gunslingers or whatever. But he, at that point, is uh, technically a gunslinger. But the um, reason that Court is a badass is that all the apprentices feared him more than anything else on on the planet. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. And even after, you know, uh, Roland beats him, you know, Court is still, he's still that man. He's still defiant. Yeah. So, definitely. So, I think that pretty much will wrap up our Legends and Badass segment for today. 100%. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm your huckleberry. Why? You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And one other little bit of trivia about the whole um, the whole gun thing is um, because of all the mythology associated with it, it's like... Um, Roland is said to descend from the line of Arthur. Oh, of the right? Eld. Absolutely. Arthur Eld, they call him, and that's King Arthur to us. Right. So technically, Roland's father's guns, which Roland inherits, yep. apparently are the same iron from Excalibur. Exactly. That's what is said to be in the book, which yeah. is, I mean, that's pretty dope. If you want to talk about just a little bit of history mixed into the story, that dude's guns are actually from Excalibur, the same metal from that sword. That's pretty cool. Can't get much cooler than that. Yeah, man. So <clears throat> what year was it? I can't even remember. What year did they? I don't know if you guys are aware, but they, they made a movie, The Dark Tower, right? They did. They did. Uh, was it like 2017, something like that? Maybe even 2018. I'm not even gonna give it the respect of actually looking up the exact, the exact year. Uh oh. Here we go. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. 
The Dark Tower, the motion picture, is by far the biggest subversion of my film expectations of my life. I'm not referring to some shocking plot deviation or unforeseen twist at the end. I'm saying I expected this to be phenomenal, but instead what I got was 90 minutes of what the hell is this? Take one of my favorite intellectual properties with two of my favorite actors in the starring roles as two of my favorite characters of all time, and I expect you to turn out something that at least resembles a reasonably thought-out adaptation that was entertaining and engaging. I felt like I would have understood the movie better if I had not read the books in advance, because it was more unfaithful than a musician on tour. Each time something vaguely recognizable did happen to appear on screen, it felt like a pittance, like some sort of red meat the producers threw at the starving fans of the books just to appease them. Did I say red meat? I meant red meat generously seasoned and marinated in dookie. It was still a steak, though, I guess, right? And even after tossing the fans a few misplaced references to beloved things from the novels, they also added what I perceive to be a bit of gratuitous and required Hollywood wokeness in the form of Idris Elba. The character of Roland Deschamps was specifically described as having a younger Eastwood look with blue bombardier's eyes. As a matter of fact, much of the storytelling in the second book hangs specifically on that fact, since my favorite character, a black woman named Detta Walker, is a wonderfully written uh, antagonist to Roland because of his race. Because, you know, she was growing up in the civil rights era. Maybe it's just me. I find it offensive to have established characters, race, or gender swap for the sole purpose of artificial diversity. I have no problem with this if you're just casting the best actor for the role, like Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, but I do have a problem with it when you sacrifice narrative or even performance on the altar of political correctness. Idris Elba is a fantastic actor, but I think he was a terrible Roland. Need I also mention, this movie attempted to cram Stephen King's entire seven-book magnum opus into a 90-minute flick. I guess it should be no surprise that they ripped it to shreds. The views and opinions just expressed by Jamal are entirely his and are not necessarily representative of the views of Mitch or the Watch, Read, and Play podcast, any of his subsidiaries or sponsors. Any hate mail we receive concerning said opinions will be forwarded directly to Jamal, which he will likely ignore. Past or current hating is not indicative of future opinions. I'm hating. Yes, you are hating. Can't stand that movie. Hey. The movie was trash. <laughs> Movie <laughs> <laughs> was garbage. You know, I was telling you earlier. I still remember everything that happened in that movie, and I saw it one time like three years ago. Well, the the thing is with that movie is is you know, I can honestly say that there's not a movie I was more in in recent memory looking forward to more. Yeah, man. You know, and um. And thoroughly disappointed in. Yeah, and that's sad because, like you mentioned, you know, I'm a huge Idris Elba fan. You know what I mean? You know, Luther is the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just everything. Everything he does, you know, like, you know. E easily. And, top five best actors in Hollywood. Yeah, I, he's yeah. easily. Easily. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, it's, and I, you know, I, and I agree with you as far as when, you know, the, you know, it, you know, it's almost like, all right, so say if it's like with the Lord of the Rings or whatever. Yeah. And so say you got the movie The Hobbit, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, okay, all right, 
we all know what hobbits and stuff should look like, but let's say they had like Shaq play a hobbit. <laughs> I don't know, know what you were going there. I was just thinking that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and it's just like, you know, okay. You know, but again, you know, Idris it, it was the man. Matthew McConaughey yeah. is uh, unbelievable and, and, and actor. And that's where that's where I don't you know I'm not trying to marginalize anybody no. or piss anybody off. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's right. my entire thing. I don't. We were talking earlier. Yeah, we were talking earlier. It's yeah. not. It's not that I don't like it all the time. You know, yeah. it's that I feel like you know Idris Elba. He's a hell of an actor. He can stand up on his own too. And for this yeah. movie, this is one of those movies where I felt like it just reduced him to just being a, a black actor that they squeezed into a role. Oh, I hear you. You know, only you. because. Roland was described to be a certain way. Well, I mean, you know, and the, the thing is, it you seemed know, gratuitous, like they did it only for that reason, and yeah. that, and that kind of sucks, you know. Yeah. You know the no, I, I and then you know the and then the, the uh, to, to 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 pile on that the fact that they literally crammed or you know tried to cram, you know, for the most part, you know, seven large novels into and and here's the thing. It wasn't even a long movie. It was like a ninety-minute movie. That's something like ninety minutes, yo. It was like a ninety-minute movie. And, the, and, the last book in this series is like eight hundred pages. You know and, what I mean? And, and and honestly, I don't think it's fair to say that they tried to cram all that no, in. They didn't. I think that's yeah. the reason why they they butchered it so bad, and it and it made it it didn't resemble those books right. in so many ways because. They couldn't squeeze that much in, so they said, well, we're just going to make our own story. And that was my whole thing. They made pretty much like a whole different sort of point to the movie and right. just kept throwing in little crap that we would recognize as fans as if that was going to make us feel like the movie was awesome because we saw like the seeing the seeing stones or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, no, I know what you saw mean. all these other little things, but then you make the man in black instead of this weird mystical magician like we described from the first book. Right. You know, throughout all the books, he's kind of like that. You don't know exactly what his powers are. He has, like, this weird, diverse set of powers and stuff. But then all of a sudden in this movie, he can just tell somebody, stop breathing. And they stop breathing. Yeah. Or, or set on fire. Light somebody on fire randomly or something. And you know what's it's, crazy? They're the only person they gave or attributed that kind of power to, you know, is a completely different character. In the books. Oh. Um, <laughs> Modred. You know what I mean? Modred, that's right. Yeah, he could do that. He could. You know, you know. so. That's right, I forgot. You yeah. think they kind of just took Modred's character and kind of wrote him over the top him, of the man you know, in black? And then, you know, and the reason I said they tried to cram everything in is, you know, the major storyline in that book, you know what I mean, with the breakers and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that was really out of, like, the last couple of books. I know, you know but then I mean? they still didn't do it quite right. No, of course not. You know what I mean? So, you know, and it's and it's sad because, you know, it's, it, it, you know, it's a shame when, you know, it literally, I, w I, I can honestly say that I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but The Dark, the Dark Tower is, is my favorite book series. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, to have, like, your favorite books, like you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, eloquently in your 
the, the hater segment or whatever. <laughs> you know, you got your favorite series, a lot of your favorite actors. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, you would hope that... And two of my favorite characters. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and uh, you know, it's sad. It's like, how, how do you go like, wrong there? It's like you said, when we first saw the trailer come out for that, it's like, oh, snap. And I was honestly open to seeing Idris Elba as Roland. I was yeah. hating on it immediately because I was like, yeah. why they do that? You know, because I felt like they did it just to do it. But but if the movie was good, I'd at least still given it his props. If they had, if it was him, and if the whole movie had been just the gunslinger, the gunslinger. if they had done just that first book, uh, allowed it to establish him, you know, show him going back and dealing with court and all that other stuff, you know what I mean? And then I, I think it would have sat better with the fans. Well, and that's the reason why we went through explaining the plot of the gunslinger. Yeah. Because that right there, the way we explain that as far as what actually happens, the book really is that short. Not a whole ton happens. It's right. And it's a hell of a good action sequence yeah. that's really messed up, but it'd be dope as hell to see on screen. Well, yeah. Right? The the gunslinger is could be a 90-minute movie kind of book. 100%. But yeah. you know, you could have done that in ninety minutes, and it would have been. But it's solid. the only book in that series yeah, yeah. that could have been done in ninety minutes. <laughs> you know, That's yeah. a damn shame. Say it's the only one in that series that could have been done in ninety minutes, it's and then the they just did the Dark Tower ninety minutes, and everybody Dark Tower, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like a close-ended story too. They did, yeah. But you know, yeah. it's it's a it's an unbelievable book series. You know, you know, in regardless, you know, separate the the that movie right out of it. You know what I mean? You know, but, you know, it's uh, highly recommended to, you know, to anyone. You know, as time goes on, I know we'll get into some of the other books. I don't, you know, I don't know if we'll do them each individually like we did The Gunslinger, but we may. But wait, you said, so what did you say about, you were telling me about uh, the miniseries that they were developing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, So you said they did a pilot, right? You know, and and here's the thing, you know, to, to... um, to let you know how much people have been kind of really looking for this for years and years and years and years and years, and probably the better part of a decade, you know, there was discussions on whether it's going to be like one movie, several movies, or a movie that tied into a TV series directly stemming out of the movies and stuff. With the and same. that's what they said this movie was going to be. They said it was going to tie into a miniseries right. and... And, I, I yeah. think originally Ron Howard was attached to director or something, but that fell off. I don't think he ended up doing like the movie, but he was supposed to do the TV show, I think, you know, which was going to be like, you know, because uh, some things are more suited for television. It's just just from a story building. This would have if you're not if you're not going to do seven movies, you got to oh, yeah. do a TV series. Well, let's say for example, like, like, like Game of Thrones, just like Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. This, this this seriously has enough content to support that long of a kind if of they thing. had a, if yeah. they had a budget like Game of Thrones oh had, my gosh yeah it would it would kill yeah yeah, yeah. it would kill for sure absolutely but that's the terrible thing about making yeah. a garbage movie yeah the worst thing about making a garbage movie I'm a fan and I'm pissed off that as a fa- I'm acting like I'm still pissed off movies I'm not really mad about it no more whatever but uh, I'm upset that that I'm disappointed as a fan that okay I get to see this piece of garbage on screen but the real tragic thing is that 
all investors see is what the return is on that investment. So if you make a garbage movie, it doesn't matter if it was the director's fault, the writer's fault, if they just went the wrong direction for it. All investors see a lot of times is that this IP, this intellectual property, didn't make money. Therefore, we're not right. going to proceed with any further projects. And that's, and that's what, what really sucks. That's why I'm wondering if that could be potentially brings me back to the question you had about like the miniseries. So, so anyway, so Amazon was supposed to be doing like a series on it, but from what I've read recently, you know, um, they did a pilot or whatever, but decided not to pick up the pilot. Mm. Um, and the pilot had some great actors in it. You know, uh, pilot was based on the fourth book in the series called Wizards and Glass, which was a, a great, great you know, kind of, it tied into some of their stuff, but it's a the, flashback, yeah, yeah. But it was a wonderful book. Um, but anyway, uh, Michael Rooker was in it, um, played played the lead character, lead probably antagonist. And um, Mike, Michael Rooker is uh, Dale, Dale from um, is it Dale from um, Walking Dead? Daryl's brother. Oh, okay. Uh, Merle, yeah, from uh, Walking Dead. And Yondo from Yondo from Guardians of, of the, the Galaxy, Galaxy, right? Yeah, great yeah. actor. But then also uh, Jerome Flynn was in it, who is Braun from Game of Thrones, you know. Um, but yeah. But from it sounds like Amazon didn't pick up, you know, the pilot, but is, from what I read, is shopping it around to see if anybody else um, wants to pick it up. You They're know? trying so, to find distribution. Trying to find distribution, I think. Whatever for. So hope, hopefully it comes to pass and it's done the right way. Just with those two guys there, uh, uh, Jerome Flynn was playing Roland's father, Stephen Deshane. And um, like we mentioned, Michael Rooker was playing like the lead antagonist. Uh, guy you, named who was playing Roland? It was a younger kid because this is like a teenage Roland. You know, That's so right. it's not yeah, an actor yeah. I'd heard of. You know, but, yeah, so that means we see Roland's friends who he has yes. a couple. He has some, it was a lot of good characters in that yeah. like young Roland's uh, upbringing. It, it was pretty cool. So I'd be interested in actually seeing that. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, if we um, if we hear more, I think we will let you all know. Oh, one hundred percent, absolutely. You know. Yeah. So I I think we're pretty much good with the gunslinger. Do you think Jamal or, or no? Yeah, I got nothing else to complain about. No, I mean you know it's, <laughs> I got that off my chest. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> you know, it's a fantastic book. You know, book is infinitely better than uh, than the movie. You know, um, <laughs> hopefully we we'll encourage. You know, you know. Hopefully, we lauded the book enough for some of you guys to go out and pick it up. You know, and if you do, maybe you'll be ready for whenever we get into like the next book in this series. Yeah, please do. So I don't feel like I'm spoiling nothing because I'd like to talk about some more of this stuff. But I don't want to. You know, I I love for everybody to actually check it out. And to be honest. I have not picked up a single book and read any of these since I work on the road a lot. I do a lot of driving. I do audio books. I've done the mm. audio books for all these. And honestly, most of the books in this series were done by a man named, was it Frank Muller? Was that his name? The man who read I th- those I books? I think so. I, I uh, think so. He was a fantastic, just his voice acting was absolutely fantastic. He's one of these guys that when he actually does a character, most people who read audiobooks and stuff, they'll do different voices for each character. This dude, like accents and everything, were actually just pretty spot on, pretty cool. Um, and um, and and yeah, it's worth actually checking out. Like I said, I'm an I'm an Audible fan, so if you don't think you have time actually picking up a book, check out Audible and um, give audiobooks a try. It's pretty good when you actually just, even if you're at work and you're just doing like just you know, repetitive tasks or anything like that is pretty cool. So 
I guess that's pretty good for the day. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. You know, uh, if you have anything you want to reach out to us about, uh, hit us up at our website, which is anchor.fm forward slash rap podcast. You can also email us at rappodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please, please <laughs> share us and uh, leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. We really, really appreciate that. Tell anybody that you can to check us out and um, you know, give us a like and a subscribe any place you can. Absolutely. Podcasts we found on all your favorite viewing uh, listening platforms, I should say. Okay, uh, so we this, will. This beer actually has a little bit of alcohol to it. I so think it does, definitely. So we will definitely talk to you soon. We look forward to uh, rapping with you some more. But in the meantime, we want you to get out there and watch some shows, uh, read some books, and play some games. Peace, y'all. Peace.